you know, there was a time that when I didn't get things done in the timeline that I had set for myself or what I thought the expectation was, I would have really beat myself up. I'd have felt ashamed. I would have felt like I failed. I'd have felt guilty. Well, not today. Today, one of the things that I've learned along this late identified journey is that everything that I need comes in exactly the right time and it happens exactly when it's supposed to. Not necessarily when I want it to, but when I need it to. And that is exactly what has happened with this episode today. I recorded this amazing episode and conversation with my good friend, Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach back in May. <laughs> and um, if you hadn't looked at the calendar lately, it's March 1st <laughs> and it's just airing today. And I, I had so many other things that were happening and I, I kept thinking, oh, I got to get back to that episode with Doug because that was so good. That was so juicy. That was an amazing conversation. And I got to share the things that are going on with Doug because I want you guys to know about it, but it didn't happen and it didn't happen for a reason. And that why became so evident and apparent to me today. So in this conversation, one of the questions that I asked Doug is, hey, what song are you listening on repeat right now? What music or genre is really speaking to you? And he shared his song that he was listening to on repeat and that he was really loving. And it was exactly what I needed right now in my life. Um, and I'm processing and going through some tough stuff right now. Um, I started doing something of, back in January called shadow work. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Uh, Carl, Carl Jung, who is one of the, you know, leaders and founders of, you know, psychotherapy. And he, he's a Swiss psychologist. Um, he's been dead for a while, but his work is a foundation for a lot of things that happen today. And he talked a lot about shadow work. That's like your, your younger internal self, you know, the things that you don't necessarily want to look at about yourself or, or uh, admit to or work through um, because they're uncomfortable. But those are the things on that subconscious sort of hidden side um, that kind of hang out in the shadows. They really inform how we show up every day. And I had a Reiki session and for the very first time in my whole life in December, and it was just incredible. It was really powerful. And I had a second one in January. And part of what came through in that, that Reiki session was that I needed to do some shadow work. And I said, okay, I'm ready. Boy, I'm telling you guys, when you say you're ready and you're open and you're willing and ready to receive something, it, it will come fast. You will get what you asked for. <laughs> I've got what I've asked for and things that I didn't even know were coming. And with, you know, Alexa Thymia and just my different processing um, and you know, past trauma and things in my life, it's taken me, it's definitely taken me, um, a lot and then things have been coming pretty quickly. So I'm having to process and the next thing comes as soon as I'm like somewhat through processing the next thing. And the song that Doug shared is by Trish Melton, and I'll have it down in the show notes and it's called, we can do hard things. I just came back from a pretty vigorous walk. I did about a mile and a half real quick. Um, listening to the song on repeat, because, you know, why not? That's how our brains work, right? <laughs> and the lyrics in the song just, they spoke to me where I am right now, and maybe they're going to speak to you. 
Here are the lyrics. I walked through fire. I came out the other side. I continue to believe that I'm the one for me. Because we're adventurers and heart breaks our map. We stopped asking directions to places they've never been. And to be loved, we need to be known. We'll finally find our way back home. And through the joy and pain that our lives bring, we can do hard things. Together, you, me, the person beside you, the person beside me, we together can shoulder the hard things, lighten our loads, and do hard things together. I love that line. The, the, the most powerful line in this whole song to me was, we stopped asking directions to places they've never been. In late identified life, I can't think of anything more powerful that we finally just sort of hit our rock bottom. We've had enough, like we've suffered, we struggled, we've maybe been in burnout for decades and it maybe just might be like that level five ghost pepper burnout and you're just like shut down, have nothing left. And you just decide, screw it. I'm not asking directions from people who don't know or haven't lived a similar experience to relate to where I've been or where I want to go. But together, we can. Community is one of the biggest and most important things to me. It's what has made my late identified journey to thriving possible. It's why I'm entering year four of being burnout, shut down, and meltdown free. It's why in this really hard time right now, processing some pretty big feelings and emotions and things that have been hanging out in the shadows for a bit that are now ready to come up, that I haven't slipped back into burnout, that I haven't been stuck in that burnout restoration illusion trap. And we're going to be talking about that coming up. But I want to share some of the together things that you can join me in and join your community in coming up this month. I'm really excited to be part of Neurodiversity Celebration Week, sponsored by Lexic and the amazing Aiden Healy and Selena Castellon. Sienna Castellon. Sienna is just incredible. And I got to meet her last year and be part of one of the big global discussion panels last year. And this year I was invited to be part of the further and higher education panel on Tuesday, March the 14th. Um, and I'm joined by Pete Quinn, who will be leading this conversation and some amazing university um, professors and educators, folks who are autistic like us, ADHD. Um, we'll be talking about things from different perspectives um, all around the globe and further in higher education. I'll be focusing on the United States because, hey, that's where I live and that's my university experience. There are over 14 live panel conversations the week of March 13th through the 19th. You can register and get signed up now. And there's also pre-recorded trainings. We have over, I think, 13,000 schools who are registered for this to be part of the program and, and to learn more about and share this within their school systems. We have 
topics and panel discussions on neuroinclusive friendly workspaces, neuroinclusive classrooms, insights for parents and carers, neurodiversity and neuroinclusion in the justice system. That's a big one. And of course, my panel, further and higher education, and so many more. I'm like barely scratching the surface because there's 14 of these incredible conversations. Now, they won't be recorded so that everyone in the room um, feels comfortable and free to share as things come up for them. Uh, So if you do want to participate, you do need to be live for those panel discussions, but there's tons of pre-recorded stuff. So don't feel like you might miss something out if it's not in a time frame that works for you. Um, some other things that are coming up this month, this Saturday, March the 4th, the doors open for Her Brain Connection Lab's very first five-day relationship connection challenge. Allie and I are super excited to kick this off on Monday, March the 6th, and you will get five days. Now, this is free. This is complimentary. You sign up and you get all this amazing stuff for five days. You will get a quick little training video. Uh, You get our communication styles quiz for yourself and your relationship partner. Now, this can be your romantic partner. This can be your bestie. This can be your work partner. You know, this is something you can go through on your own if you're just trying to figure out maybe some of the communication challenges or mismatches that may be happening in your life. We are going to be giving you a variety of exercises to try out. You choose the one that works best for you every day. It's like low demand. It's it's super fun. Actually, we're just looking at this as how can we have fun with communication and learn some things about us and learn some things about the people we care about. Um, if you if you choose to do the VIP upgrade, Allie and I are doing a live VIP question and answer room on Sunday the twelfth. What you get along with that VIP upgrade is the worksheets, a little bit deeper dive. You get a private VIP community to ask questions throughout the process every day, and Allie and I'll be in there answering those questions every day. So if you are looking for a little deeper dive and you are looking for some communication help with maybe some mismatches that might be happening in your relationships, we got you covered. So make sure you get on the wait list. I'll have the link down in the show notes below. Uh, Go ahead and get on that wait list and you'll be the first notified on Saturday, this Saturday, March the 4th, when the doors open to sign up and we kick off and start our five-day challenge Monday morning at um, 9 a.m. Eastern time on March the 6th. And last, but of course, not least, This year, we'll have our second annual Shine a Light Autistic Advocate campaign. I am really excited to do this. This was such an incredible campaign last year. We had over 21 autistic advocates participate, uh, writing blog articles for the Brain Dump. If you haven't checked out the Mind Your Autistic Brain blog, it's called the Brain Dump. Go check it out. Go look at the articles that uh, self-advocates wrote last year. And then we, of course, had our huge panel where everyone came together and we all shared different insights and experiences and tips for those who might be wanting to start their own self-advocacy journey or starting advocacy in their life is as an autistic person. This year, I will be sending out an invitation for everyone who would like to participate. I would love to hear your story, love to have you share your big why, your passion, your area that you focus on in changing the way that our world as autistics are being touched and informed every day. Part of what I do to shine a light is this talk show every week. 
And hey guys, I know you're lurking there back in the background and you hadn't clicked the follow and you hadn't clicked the subscribe because you know, that's like a commitment thing. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I really, it means a lot because one of the things I'm working on is getting this talk show to where we're reaching more people. We reached over 308,000 people last year, just on YouTube alone. Um, that's not including all of the other channels and networks. We're in over 89 countries and people are joining us from all over. But guys, there's like millions of us in the world. And the more we can help reach and share with the person next to us and do things together so that we're not having to do those hard things all by ourselves anymore, please share this. Please like, please follow, please if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please go rate the show. If if it's a five or better and I've earned it, you know, please be kind. Um, if you can't be kind, just, you know, don't. <laughs> just just saying. Um, I have, you know, some sensitivity myself. I am a person on the other side of this camera and the other side of this conversation. Um, and I would love to be able to help more people, to help other people find us, to find you, because you're part of this community. And if you are a subscriber to the Mind Your Autistic Brain Talk Show on Spotify, you got a new workshop last week and you will also be getting access to that five-day relationship connection challenge and some additional things. So be sure that if you aren't already part of the Mind Your Autistic Brain community, hey, let us, let me know, send me an email at info at mindyourautisticbrain.com and say, hey, Carol Jean, how do I join the community? And I'll be glad to get in touch with you and share those things with you. And hey, I'd love to even share a coffee chat with you. You want to Zoom? Absolutely. Hit me up on the Mind Your Autistic Brain webpage at mindyourautisticbrain.com. At the very bottom, there is a place to set up a coffee chat. Let's visit. Come talk. Share your journey. And I would love to meet you um, and just share some time together. So as we move into this incredible conversation with my good friend, Doug, today, he and I are having some, some juicy conversations because, you know, he has been the autism personal coach for over a decade, but he just got his own formal identification recently. And that's been a big journey for Doug. Um, we talk about alexithymia. We talk about how, you know, for he and I, shutdown was what showed up more than a meltdown. Like meltdowns were sporadic, but like shutdown was more of like a daily regular occurrence for us. Maybe that's something you've experienced as well. Um, you know, we talk about my friend, Eveline Wilden. She is uh, autism stories. She did this autism story episode with Doug and that was how I met Doug. And it's just amazing. Um, Doug has three different podcasts, autism stories. He has intersection on the spectrum with his co-host Kelly Braun Johnson and Kelly is amazing. Oh my gosh. So, so cool. I love Kelly. Um, the info dump files with the incredible Becca Lori Hector. So guys go check out these other shows, hear these other voices and these amazing conversations that are happening around our community because Together, we can do hard things. And together, we don't have to ask directions from people that have never been the places that we've been and the places we're going. We're here for each other. And the most powerful aspect of the conversation that Doug and I shared to me was just recognizing how much energy and the other people's energy really impacts our communication and how we show up and, and the comfort level and just like how drained we feel before or after a conversation. Make sure you go check out the link below to Trish Melton's incredible song, We Can Do Hard Things. Let's get started on this 
powerful conversation, shining a light on my friend, Doug Bletcher, the autism personal coach, host of Autism Stories, Intersection on the Spectrum, and Info Dump Files, as we're doing hard things together in Late Identified Life today. Hi, I'm Carol Jean, Late Identified Autistic ADHD Human, and your host of the Mind Your Autistic Brain talk show and Burnout Restoration Unveilers community. You're about to experience the new way to thrive as a neurodistinct brain and body by getting off the chronic cycle burnout loop for good. By unveiling your authentic self, defining what thriving feels like for you, knowing your burnout signpost, so those top 20 burnout warning signs are a thing of the past, and stepping into your best life as the creator and leader you are meant to be. Get ready, because this is where we go against the mainstream. Say no to outdated self-care tips, and we say yes to who we are in order to create an energized, authentic, peaceful, and harmonized world. Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain. Welcome to the show, Doug. I am so excited you're here. We are getting to chat today. This is exciting for me because I love all the things that you are doing in the world. Thank you so much, Carol Jean. My pleasure. Well, Doug, let's just start out with the nitty gritty, the fun stuff, the things that are the part of our late identified world. And that is you've come to your own late identification. How did autism enter your world and how did you look at this place and go, I think that might be me. So it's, it's been a long, um, I don't know if I would say convoluted story, but if it, if it's doesn't like add up, then maybe just ask me some questions. Um, so it started about 20 years ago when I started um, supporting autistic people. So it started out with kids and then about uh, 10 years in started supporting autistic adults because I wondered like, well, what happens when these kids become teenagers and adults? So that led to me starting Autism Personal Coach. Uh, it'll be 10 years ago in, in, in this coming January. And we, we provide coaching to autistic adults and teens. And throughout the years, um, you know, I initially started um, coaching people, it, you know, uh, I don't do as much of that anymore. I do I'm more on the business side, but I'm still doing a, a little bit of, of that. But throughout the years, the people that I've coached, uh, they many times throughout the years, they would say to me, hey, Doug, are you autistic? And I always um, thought of that, um, you know, as a compliment. I think it, it, it to me, it said that we've developed a connection um, with one another, but my response was always uh, not that I know of. So, um, you know, kind of, you know, went through that journey and through the coaching process and, and all that with people and, you know, always passionate about supporting autistic folks. And then, um, you know, that led me to get into podcasting where I started my own podcast, Autism Stories. And then I um, started two other podcasts that I co-host, one called Intersections on the Spectrum with the brilliant Kelly Braun Johnson. And then the other one called The Infodump Files with Becca Laurie Hector. So when me and Becca were starting um, 
the info dump files, she said to me, um, I'm pretty sure you're autistic, Doug. And, you know, I, and I really thought about it, it took me back. I paused for a second. I was like, wow, Becca is someone like I have so much respect for. And if she thinks I'm autistic, maybe I really need to look into this a little bit more. So what I started to do is I just went online, took, you know, one of these autism tests and whether uh, depending on your view of things, I either I, I passed or failed and it said I was autistic. Um, and then I took some other ones and they, they also said that I was autistic. Then I took an executive functioning one and, and it said I had executive functioning differences. And then I took an alexithymia one and it said that I have alexithymic differences. So I, I pretty much knew at that point, like, I'm autistic and do I really even need to go for any diagnosis of, you know, you know, that, that you're autistic or not. And at first I was kind of resistant to it because I knew through autism, personal coach, so many people went to clinicians and the challenges of that over the years and to this present day. So I was really hesitant uh, about doing that, but then um, I just happened to find a great clinician who herself happened to be autistic, who didn't um, give the ADOS. And that was one thing I did not want to do because I didn't feel like that was appropriate for adults. So I was not going to put myself through the, the ADOS. Um, so I went, I went through, you know, I went to uh, this clinician. She was wonderful. Um, we went through a few sessions it was less expensive than some of these other, uh, you know, assessments, which is a huge barrier for people, um, you know, and, um, you know, came back that, you know, I went into it thinking, well, whatever she says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to respect that opinion. And, you know, wh- however it, um, it ends up, it, it, it ends up, but then I went through the assessment and it clearly said I'm autistic. So that's kind of how, um, you know, that's kind of where it led me today. And this was just as of a couple months ago. So this is really at 43 years old, very fresh and new in a lot of ways for me. Oh, Doug, I think you just shared such a relatable as you put it, convoluted tale, because I think that's how <laughs> so many of us would it, it would describe it. Is it feels like this convoluted journey. It's like it, it it's this road with twists and turns, and sometimes you just you're headed into a blind curve, and you don't know what's coming next. And you know, I and I love that you took the executive functioning test and the alexithymia test because that was the component for me that was the biggest component in my late identified journey, but that didn't happen till about two or three years ago for me. I got my autistic identification at 39. I got my ADHD identification around 26-ish. I don't remember exactly. It was mid-late 20s. And it was like something just still wasn't clicking for me. It was like something was still missing. And then that alexithymia piece was huge. I'm like, oh, that's why, like, you know, two weeks, 10 years later, something will all of a sudden show up in an emotional way for me that I'm like, whoa, I, I didn't experience that. And then I'm like, why am I feeling this right now? 
<laughs> you know, or and then all like having all the feelings and none of the feelings simultaneously going, I'm not really sure I, I'm numb, but at the same time, I'm overwhelmed by emotions. <laughs> and it's like, how do I, and, and then just like, how do I articulate all of that? And then you start to look at your relationship and all of the things that, you know, broke down or misunderstood in the communication. And you're like, oh, I see where alexithymia was impacting that part of my relationship. Have you had any of those sort of like aha moments since identifying and discovering all of these layers to yourself? I mean, believe me, those, those things past 40 are just like, they're so powerful. Yeah, I, I would say um, yes, in the extent that when I was kind of going through the alexithymia it really made me reflect on my communication with other people and made me realize like how often I have shutdowns. Um, I, I don't ever, I, I hardly, hardly ever in my life have had meltdowns, but probably shutdowns is, God, maybe on a daily basis. Um, you know, so that, that kind of, that, you know, kind of going through that process kind of really has um, led me to um, examine my life a lot more and really kind of puts things in context and helps me have a better understanding about myself. And, and then just like even something simple as like, you know, like, like when someone says to you, how are you, you know, the, probably the most quest common question in the world, like, that's a hard thing for me to process. And like, well, how am I? Um, and, you know, and so um, just even things like that. And I never really have, you know, a lot of times a good answer for that. <laughs> that that what, what might seem like a simple question, but it's not a simple question. Um, so yeah, just those kind of things um, have kind of crept up into my life. Well, I think we just have like the million dollar breakthrough little insight for anyone listening today. If you are late identified autistic or you're autistic period, and at some juncture in your life, which is probably on a daily basis, like it is for most of us, and someone says, hey, how are you? And you're just like, I have no clue. That is like the most <laughs> loaded question anyone can ask me and you cringe and you hate it. You're not alone. And it could be because you might also have alexithymia. <laughs> just difficult to answer that question no matter when someone asks it yeah oh man I I just oh I am so excited you're here today we're having these conversations because Doug you share so beautifully with all of your guests I mean I I was first introduced to you by my friend Evelyn from awesome training in Ireland on autism stories when you interviewed her about her article about lining things up which I love and I have shared on on my uh, my drastic brain because it's just one Great of those article. good ones right yeah <laughs> and and I, I I was listening I I listen to podcasts when I go for a walk or a run and so I was listening, I remember exactly where I was. I was listening to you and Evelyn. I had my headset on and I was not far from my house. It was right up the road. And I was just coming up like the super steep hill that we have. It's like a, oh God, it's, it's like a 60% incline, right? 60 degree incline. 
and it is a hike up this thing. And I was walking up that. I had stopped running, and I'm like, no, I'm not running this thing today. I'm walking. And I remember I was walking, and you two were just having this conversation about how we see things how the world looks at things and what they think is like, oh, you know, we park cars in a parking lot. You know, we have all of these things. And then to us, it's just, and, and somehow when we do it, it's this big thing, right? That it's like somehow it, it's deficit medicalized, right? <laughs> it's just like, well, hey, wait a minute, you do this. You do this all over the place. But when we do it, somehow it's quote unquote part of our symptoms, you know, and I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? And I remember it was just like crystal clear in that moment. I just remember thinking, wow, there's so much in my life that I felt shame about, that I felt broken and defective about because people pointed out that how I did something or how I saw something was weird or different or didn't make sense to them. And in that conversation, you really brought out this place where I just let go of that in that moment. And I just wanted to share that with you because wow, that's, that's the power. <laughs> that's the power that conversation has. That's yes. the power that that tapping into your people it's <laughs> in your people in your tribe makes in your life and I mean just just to say it because if no one has told you yet for the, uh, like the official welcome to the welcome to the autistic community dog blusher <laughs> not that you ever needed it for any reason <laughs> because you were already one of us long long ago what I love is that you're like the busiest human. I mean, seriously, I thought I was a busy human. You, my friend, are a busy human. <laughs> I mean, I was like three podcasts. Holy heck, Doug, how do you do this? I'm like working every week just to manage my one. But what I love and I would really like for you to share is like autism personal coach. I mean, you started that 10 years ago. And yeah. in that journey, I was like, what what started it that you wanted to coach autistic adults? I mean, what was it that like in your heart that you were just like passionate and purpose-driven in that, honestly? Because the way you share about uh, autism personal coach and, and what you do in the world and how you help people, and I know it's not a big part of what you're doing right now, but that was sort of the beginning of this particular journey. What brought you to that? I think I think like when someone you know, for entrepreneurs, um, and this isn't always the case, but I think it's, it, it happens so often. You see a problem in the world and you say, I think I can help make that problem a little bit less painful to, to people out there. And I want to try to do something about that. So it, it was just always, it's just I bet about, you know, like, identifying this problem is out there and how there's just such a lack of support out there, you know, certainly nine or 10 years ago. And even to this day, there's still not much out there in terms of coaching. So that was kind of, um, that was just kind of the, 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 the beginning of that. So, you know, I think it's 
seeing a problem, being passionate about something. And um, also I, I'm not, I wasn't going to ever fit into working for someone else. (laughs) I mean, you know, uh, you know, when you're creative, when you're passionate, like those things, I think are really tough to fit into someone else's framework of the world. Oh boy. 100% agree with you on that one. (laughs) Hence, mind your autistic brain. (laughs) I'm like, hmm, I don't see this in the world. I want to fill this place because I can help make someone's life and journey a little bit easier. And I've already found out I didn't necessarily fit into the corporate world. (laughs) I've done the corporate world. (laughs) I've done the corporate world several times. I own my own business several times. But it's just, it's, this is more of an an alignment with me and my brain and my creativity. And I think you really nailed it. We are really creative people and having an outlet to really just dive in and explore whatever we see, because so often we see things other people don't or they haven't seen them yet. And we see them ahead of the game and it's like, Oh, but you know, 50 steps down the road, there's this. Have yeah. you seen, and they're just like, what are you talking about? We're like right here. <laughs> Where are you? We don't, we don't even know what ball, ballpark you're in, right? And they just look at you like you just, you know, sprouted a second head. But with Autism Stories, that was where you started. How did Info Dump Files and Intersections on the Spectrum come about? Because I love that you co-host these two other shows. And I want to hear a little bit more about your co-host and sort of how that collaboration started. So which one came first for you? Like Autism Stories then sort of sprouted Info Dump Files, right? Yeah, so they so it it all started with autism stories where I had interviewed Becca Laurie Hector and Kelly Braun Johnson. They both were kind enough to have conversations with me on on the Autism Stories podcast, and I just really liked both of them and really had a lot of respect for them. And there were other story there were other stories that I wanted to more consistently tell. Like there's, there's so many different types of stories on autism stories um, that I, I love sharing. But, you know, one type of story that I wanted to tell more of is I wanted to talk more about people's special interests. Um, I, you know, because I know, you know, you use the word alignment before, which I think is so important because I think when we're doing you know, when we're involved in our special interests, we're more, we're more aligned and we're much more happier and healthier people. Like I've even like, just kind of in the last six months, I've realized that almost like pretty much my entire day is transitioning from one special interest to another. Um, And, and I think when people can do those types of things, like they're going to, and that might not be possible for everyone. You know, that's kind of a privilege of mine to be able to do that. But at the same time, I think when we're involved in those things, we're, we're going to be a lot more happier, healthier, productive based on whatever your, your opinion of or your definition of productive is. Um, so, and then, you know, so, and I thought Becca would be an amazing person to do that with. Um, and she's been um, absolutely amazing. And we've interviewed, you know, a lot of amazing people. 
And then intersections on the spectrum is really where I felt like, and this goes probably even all the way to my childhood, probably till I was about seven or eight years old. I always felt that as a, and I didn't have the vocabulary until adulthood to express this, but I, I didn't real, I always, I always felt that I had a, a privilege, like the fact that I'm white, the fact that I'm male, um, you know, and I think, and I wanted, in, and then combining that with the autistic experience, I wanted to have more stories out there for black and people of color that are also autistic. I wanted to have more stories out there for non-binary trans folks, um, because I think a lot of times, um, even within, you know, autistic, autistic podcasts, those stories are not shared enough. And I wanted to um, be a part of presenting more of those stories. And I thought, Kelly Braun Johnson would be the absolute perfect person because what my favorite part of intersections is when I'm into, you know, Kelly is meeting someone for the first time and they, and their interactions. And, you know, it's almost like I get to participate in, in the two of them connecting and the, the conversations that they have. So, yeah. So um, yeah. So that's kind of how those, it all kind of, you know, just starts with, I, I wanted to try to do a podcast and just kind of just sprouted beyond what I ever expected. I love how they sprouted. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it's, it's like this, this little tiny seed that just gets sprinkled across and it's like all of a sudden it takes root and it takes off. Yeah. And, you know, info dump files is it's just really exciting. And you did a special info dump files. You did a couple of live, you know, events uh, last month or in April. And I was so mad because I didn't see it till afterward. I'm like, dang, I missed that. I'm so <laughs> bad. I really wanted to do that. I love how you're doing that because, you know, you, you make such an important point there. It's like we are more in alignment. We are in our purpose and our joy and our passion when we are in our our focus interest, when it's something that really lights us up. And as my friend Laura says, something that sparks us. Yeah. And being able to share that with other people, because so often we don't really have a place for people to share or talk to about what our, our focus interest is. And then finding other people that have a similar focused interest to sort of, you know, really do an info dump on. And what I love that so much is, you know, the name of my blog and newsletter is the brain dump. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a while back, I'm like, oh, it's just, it's basically the newsletter was just my brain dump. You know, it's like, these are all the cool articles I found. These are the cool podcasts I found. These are the books I'm reading. <laughs> it just sort of came into this one thing. And it honestly, I, I love it because it really is, um, something that we all are passionate about and having a place to share that it's really special and I love that you created a space for that and intersections on the spectrum oh that that is beautiful that's something that you know with the shine a light campaign in April and focusing on spotlighting so many autistic advocates that was something I was really passionate about and wanted to make sure we're included 
were the voices and the stories of people who are marginalized within the marginalized group, which is us, right? Um, you know, I've got so many friends that are just like, I don't see enough or hardly any people that look like me. I don't see, you know, people who are Pacific Island, you know, people from Asia. I don't see people who are black. I don't see people who are young and black and living in this country, you know, and my artistic brain is now in 76 countries and I get messages from people all over the world. And I'm so excited because the more that we can just really share what it is that our cultural differences, our color differences, our religious differences, anything that we have that makes us us, and just share that perspective and experience with other people, man, that is just where humanity elevates. That's where we all become more connected. Yeah, absolutely. And the diversity, you know, of the autistic experience is not, there is not, is not, shared with others if we're not highlighting you know those those stories and learning from those those stories absolutely so you've got something special coming up in june and it's pride in our roots with the info dump so share a little bit about that yeah so um you know this is and i credit becca this was her idea and i was you know immediately when she suggested this i said absolutely this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, so what Pride in Our Roots is, it's gonna be during the month of June. It's gonna, it's a, it's just gonna be a four part series that is part of the Info Dump Files podcast, where we're going to be interviewing um, advocates that came during the early days of the internet or previous to that, because so often we're, you know, like people, I think like there's so many amazing advocates on social media, whatever platform you're on, you can learn from autistic folks. And it's really, it's really incredible what, you know, the advocacy that is out there, but that was not always the case. And it was really, really hard to advocate, even though we still have a long way to go, you know, you know, there, it was just so much harder to advocate. And I don't think people understand, you know, the, you know, those that are late diagnosed, that those that are maybe in their, you know, 20s or, or so in their teens, in their early 30s, what advocacy looked like back then. And, you know, we have four amazing advocates that are going to share their stories and, um, you know, give advice to some younger advocates as well. And, you know, you know, these were people that I was inspired by, Becca was inspired by, and just like knowing the people that came before you, I think really can only inspire your advocacy. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more on that one, Doug. I really do. And I cannot wait for this series. That's going to be really exciting. So I have a question that I think might be really pertinent and really relevant in your world right now. How do you now see things a little differently or what has come to light for you in your personal autism journey that you can look back or reflect on your coaching over the last 10 years with all of your clients that now you're like, oh, wow, I, this really is landing or this one particular aspect is really standing out for me right now. What would that be? 
So it's a great question. Um, I, I mean, a lot of things. Like I think as you go through your journey, you know what you know when you know it. Um, and, but what one thing in particular that stands out for me is communication and how spoken words or mouth words, um, there's, so, there's so many people that are better than that than me, uh, so many other autistics that are better than that than me, but how the importance of preferred method of communication, um, and in not just even text or AAC or writing, but to me, the most untapped or, un, or not talked about enough method of communication, I can only speak for myself, but I believe that it's true for many other autistics, is that energy is the number one way of communication. And just, you know, just continuing to think about that in, you know, past when I've coached people and just focus more on that when, um, you know, when I currently still coach a few people and coach my coaches that coach you know, other autistics. So I think energy is probably the, the most important thing that I'm really thinking about uh, more and more. It's, it's kind of been my new special interest over the last year of energy and, and, all, and law of attraction and a lot of that stuff. Oh, well, you know, you're speaking my language now. <laughs> Talk about a focus interest. And I love that because I think, you know, that's one of the things that comes up a lot in conversations that I have in, with my coaching clients and just within the community in our live Zoom events and, you know, even in just DM conversations with, you know, a lot of my autistic friends and members. And it's, you know, energetically, we feel so much and it's just like, you know, and, and we're very, you know, sometimes I know for myself, like hyper aware of my own energy. Um, that's been like the biggest part of sort of my burnout to thriving journey is, you know, where's my energy going out? But where's my energy coming in? What gives me energy? What brings energy to me? Um, what recharges my battery? Because I lived in this battery deficit for four decades, not recognizing that everything that I expended needed to be replenished. And I sometimes, somehow for myself, I was on a subconscious level was thinking, I don't deserve that. I'm not good enough. I don't, I don't need to have that. You know, no, I, I don't want to receive it. I'll just keep giving. Right. And, and that's a tough place for a lot of us, I think, but it's also a beautiful place to start recognizing, you know, well, what's someone's energetic, you know, field over here. Cause we feel it. <laughs> And am I really paying attention to it? Because a lot of times we just start to deny it or we're just like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly have felt that. Because the world responds to us like, oh, and there's situations where somebody says, oh, I love this person. They're so great. And you're just like, really? I don't yeah. feel that. I don't get that. I like, I get this weird vibe. And they're like, oh, no, no, they're great. We love them. And like six months down the road, they're like, you were right. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how often does that happen in your world? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I also think like, just like no one, we're not taught to pay attention to our energy. We're not taught, you know, like, I think there's a lot of connections to this with interoception. We're not, we're not taught to pay attention to our body signals. Um, and when we start to pay attention to our body and the energy that 
we have, like we start to have a better relationship with ourselves. And, and as a result, that's only going to lead to a better relationship with others and then developing community, which I know is, is such an important part for especially late diagnosed folks. It really is. Well, Doug, as we're wrapping up, I always like to ask my guests a couple of questions. Number one, what is the one thing that you would love to share with someone who is just coming to their own autistic identification today that you'd like them to know as they begin their journey, something that may have impacted you that you'd like to pass on this knowledge and experience? Wow, just one thing. That's different. <laughs> I know, right? It's a tough one. Um, so, Top I of mean, mind. Yes, I mean, I think so many different things, but I would say maybe, maybe just the one thing starting out, like if you're late diagnosed, if, if you're self-diagnosed, that's just as valid. Um, and you're just kind of like learning about the autistic experience, learn from other autistics, go onto social media, just, you know, t- type in, you know, hashtag autistic and just start reading, you know, every autistic person is different, but we also have a lot in common. So I think just, educating yourself about the autistic experience and how it relates to you specifically, I think is so um, important because so often we have this kind of internalized ableism, these ridiculous standards that our society um, has out there. So I just think, you know, starting out, um, you know, learning from other autistics and, and it's a great way to develop community um, you know, you know, as a result and, and, and figuring out how to incorporate some of the things that people talk about, um, into your life. So what is, if you look back in your late identified life and and you look back at this new knowledge that you're like, wow, I've been autistic all along. (laughs) Just now, if so many things make sense, you know, this whole new lens has colored everything. There's also part of this early process that that we all go through in late identified life. And that is, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have known this. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Top of mind for you today, when when we go through this reflective period, and I'm sure you're probably sort of in the thick of it perhaps at this point, what do you wish you would have known or what do you wish would have been different for you? Well, if I, if I knew this earlier in life, I think I would have been able to, while it still would have been difficult and it still is, I think I would have been able to advocate better for myself. Like, I think we're all somewhere on the advocacy spectrum. Sometimes we're too strong of an advocate. Sometimes we're not strong, strong enough of an advocate. Sometimes we're in the, just in like the sweet spot. For me, I'm typically not strong enough of an advocate for myself just because of the energy that maybe I feel from others. Um, and I've let that affect me t- more than it should. So I, you know, I think um, while I'm still at 43 trying to learn how to better advocate for myself, I think if I had known that when I was in 
high school or college or, you know, or beyond, like, I wouldn't have had to deal with um, some of these struggles that I, I did. Um, things have turned out okay for me. I mean, things are, things are good. I mean, there are challenges, uh, of course. Um, but I think that, yeah, kind of that self-advocacy piece would have been really helpful in setting better boundaries for myself, better a rhythm and flow to my, just my daily life. Oh, that is such a powerful one. And I think that is just so relatable. Everyone watching and listening today probably felt that. So last question, what is your favorite song on repeat right now or your favorite band or your favorite genre of music that you listen to that just lights you up, that just sparks you? What, what would that be right now? So it's, it's interesting. Um, so like I normally don't listen to this type of music um, and, and I have to get, I might be butchering her name. I think it's Tish Melton possibly. Um, she has a song called here. Let me look it up right now. <laughs> I know the name of the song. The song's called We Can Do Hard Things. Ooh, uh, I haven't I, heard of the, the, of the artist. I, I can't wait to listen to this. Yeah, I think that's her name. Yeah, yeah. Tish Melton, We Can Do Hard Things. Um, that's one of, yeah, that's, and it's kind of a song that, you know, self-advocacy wise, you could kind of like, you know, relate that to. But um, yeah, that's, that. That's one that I am playing a lot now. And when I get on, I start listening to a song. I listen to it 500 to a thousand times. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> You're not alone. I'm sure I'm <laughs> not alone. It became yeah. a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for sure. Doug yeah. Pleasure, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your journey the work that and advocacy that you're doing in the world, not just for others, but for yourself and the amazing podcast that you are hosting and co-hosting with these wonderful women, Becca and Kelly. Thank you so much for being here today. I greatly appreciate it. You are not alone, my friends.